This is American Real, where we aim to inspire, empower, and enlighten you through the stories of our guests. Here's your host, Roger Brooks. Is suffering desirable? Obviously, none of us want to suffer. You know, it certainly happened to Jesus Christ and everybody else who's ever lived. We've all had suffering. If you look back at your life and you look at the things that induced growth in you, most likely it was because of suffering. You become grateful for the suffering in your life. You become grateful for people who hurt you or even betrayed you. They pushed you to face um, deeply conditioned automatic beliefs and assumptions that aren't true but you took to be true. I like to get my own way as much as anybody else. But when I don't get it, I have the opportunity to learn something. An example would be, uh, I have the opportunity to not see the other person as being a bad person for not giving me what I want. We all have this entitlement myth that's like amazing. So suffering is, when you look at it objectively, whether it's physical pain or emotional pain, it's, a, it's an opportunity. And right now, living in America, we have enormous gifts that are just difficult to appreciate unless you travel to say third world countries and my, my younger son went to China and studied at Beijing University for a couple months he came back literally kissed the ground literally kissed the uh, tarmac at the airport when he landed in the United States Doing without a doer, mm -hmm. that's chapter seven. <laughs> that's, that's a key notion. Um, you know, this gets at the idea of self-identity or, or the sense of an I, and, and that's, that's kind of complex and maybe outside the realm of this, but um, there's, there's a book by a psychiatrist named Mark Epstein called Thoughts Without a Thinker that came out many years ago. And, it's like, can thinking occur without me doing it? And I would say, yes, it, it does. Um, can acting occur without me doing it? Well, yes, it does. When you are surrendered to the Holy Spirit, it's acting. And the feeling of it is that you know your body did something, but there was no sense that you decided to do it or were in charge of it. So it's like when I had this wake me up at three in the morning and insist I go downstairs, did I do that or was I just moved by a, a force that I really wasn't in charge of? Well, I would say it's the latter. Um, so doing without a doer is when you aren't in charge and you know that and yet you're acting freely in the world, that's doing without a doer. And it can be talking, it could be taking action, uh, it could be doing nothing much, but once you give up the idea that you're in charge or that there's even a you in here to be in charge, once that's seen through, you don't just sit there and drool on yourself. Strangely, you get up and do things, but you're not in a way doing it. It's just happening. So that's a profound notion that is, and again, this is not unique to me or anybody else. We all do this many times a day. We're all acting without consciously thinking about it or intending it. 
Um, and if you notice your own life, you'll see there's many, many examples of this. You can probably think of something in the last day or two, but um, one, you know, driving a car without consciously thinking about it. It's just happening. And you may, you may not, it's almost like the thinking mind, which would normally be doing the choosing, is offline much of that time. Um, you're skilled, you're, you know, you're practiced, you know what you're doing. You don't need to be thinking about it. Um, and yet what's needed will happen of its own. And this process is far more relevant and important in our life than we realize. Because we're taught we should be in charge of everything all the time. And if we're not, we're, we're making a mistake and failing at our responsibilities as mature adults. And, but that's really not the way it is. Um, we're all, all the time, we're doing things without being in charge consciously. And they go well, they go fine. And is it the same thing as your heart beating or yes. digestion yeah, it is. place? I think it is. Um, I mean, we don't, we don't make our heart beat and we don't make our respiration rate be correct. We don't, we don't control the percentage of oxygen and carbon dioxide in our inhalations and exhalations. But something is in charge of all of this. And I really believe we don't, we don't do anything. We're not in charge of anything. But that's... That's, um, that you don't have to believe that, but notice the times in your life when you just said or did something without thinking and it was perfect. And I I'm sure, I know, this happens to everybody all the time, but we don't notice it. Why? Because we're not taught to and encouraged to, and also because, as I said, this thinking, observing, ruminating mind is sort of like not online at those times. So it happens in a space of kind of a timeless presence. Um, the sense of time is not so clear when you're in this state of pure awareness and just acting freely in the world. But acting without an actor is delicious. I saw it, I took karate for 15 years here with Heidi Oche. I, I saw him doing it. I didn't know what it was at first. Eventually I came to realize he's not in charge. It's just happening. Uh, there's a skill that had to be developed, there's practice that had to happen, but, uh, you know, eventually as you, as you go to class and you pass different kinds of katas or forms, um, you realize thinking your way through them isn't going to pass. It has to happen of its own. And then, you know, he'll see that just like that and um, saw it in uh, many areas of life, but it's so freeing to realize you don't have to be in charge of everything. In fact, you're not in charge, and that's fine, that's good. It is freeing, it's, it's a freeing, freeing feeling. It's very liberating. Is suffering desirable? Is suffering desirable? <laughs> I don't know why, that's, that's funny to me, but it's like, obviously, none of us want to suffer. Um, but if you look back at your life, and you look at the things that induced growth in you, most likely it was because of suffering. At least that's how it seems to be for me when I look at my own life. Um, you become grateful for the suffering in your life. Uh, you become grateful for people who hurt you or disappointed you or even betrayed you or offended you because they pushed you to face um, deeply conditioned automatic beliefs and assumptions that aren't true but you took to be true. They force you to maybe be more flexible, maybe more creative, more resourceful. Um, none of us like that, including me. 
I, I like to get my own way as much as anybody else. But when I don't get it, I have the opportunity to learn something. And an example would be, uh, I have the opportunity to not see the other person as being a bad person for not giving me what I want. I mean, we all have this entitlement myth that's like amazing. Um, but the other person is just being themselves, doing what's right for them. It's not really meant to hurt or disappoint me. If I choose to perceive it that way, that's my responsibility. Um, I don't have to feel hurt or enraged or disappointed or rejected or anything else. It doesn't mean I don't feel that, but at least I can notice that's my responsibility. I'm adding that to this situation. Um, yeah, so suffering is, when you look at it objectively, whether it's physical pain or emotional pain, it's, a, it's an opportunity. And I'm not saying I go seek it, but I do, it happens to all of us. I mean, it's part of being a human being. We're, you know, it certainly happened to Jesus Christ and everybody else who's ever lived. We've all had suffering. And right now, living in America, we have enormous gifts that are just difficult to appreciate unless you travel to, say, third world countries. You come back and you realize we take so much for granted here, it's unbelievable. But um, both myself and my, you know, my, my younger son we went to China and studied at Beijing University for a couple months. He came back and literally kissed the ground, <laughs> literally kissed the uh, tarmac at the airport when he landed in the United States. And uh, I've had the same experience visiting third world countries. You come back and you realize, my God, we're so blessed here. It's unbelievable. And we take so much for granted. And our safety, our security, having enough food, I mean, we're blessed beyond comprehension. So it's good to be reminded of that. But suffering is always an opportunity to learn and to grow. Um, it's hard. Nobody wants it. And when we don't embrace the suffering, in some ways, um, is that more of a victim mentality where we're kind well? Of yeah, into it? I mean, it's also it's it's it certainly can be a victim mentality. Um, uh, it, it it leads to the creation of a lot of stories and narratives in our mind of mm -hmm. you know somebody treated us wrong because they're a bad person or they're. They were dropped on their head when they were kids. I don't, you know, we make up all these elaborate stories for why it happened, and then we're off and running. Then our thinking mind is in charge, and we're lost. We're lost in a story, and we're lost in the feelings that come from that story. Like any uh, unfortunate, traumatic, even event, doesn't have to endure forever. Um, if and there are people who've had the worst things imaginable happen to them. There's a lot of research on post-traumatic stress disorder, and it, no matter what happens, the worst things you can imagine, some people are just very resilient and seem to process that and, and move on. And others never recover yeah. from things that objectively might not seem that bad. Um, and of course, this is where I've spent 40 years of my life, being steep, because most of psychotherapy is dealing with trauma. Uh, and loss and uh, that kind of grief and um, so forth. Um, but we don't have to be devastated by anything that happens to us. Uh, you know, life happens and it's not in our control. And, uh, you know, how we perceive that is to a large extent up to us. 
And we can learn to perceive it in a way that's much more functional and much creates much more of a sense of freedom so that we don't perceive it as, as victimhood. Um, but most, I think one of the most important things to start, sort of look at is a sense of entitlement. Uh, that we deserve for life to be different than it is. It's like, really? You know? Life is just happening. It is what it is. If I think I deserve something different, then, you know, that's going to probably create suffering for me sooner or later. I was listening, you just reminded me, I was listening to a podcast uh, recently, and the guest was talking about that our life, who we are, in this avatar, whatever color skin mm. we have, whatever mm. culture we're from, whatever mm. religion we were brought into, this is our experience here. Yeah. And and nothing more. Like, don't look deep into that. Don't yeah. put labels on yourself or right. others. Right. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Because it really made a lot of sense totally. to me. Totally. I, I would say um, don't judge it. Don't see it as deficient. I mean, it is what it is. And it's a gift. It's a profound gift. I mean, everyone who's alive is, is blessed, especially anyone in this country is blessed. But try to see, and I'm not saying horrible things don't happen all the time to people. They do. But I'm saying there is a way of living in the world and perceiving things that makes your life infinitely easier. And there's ways of perceiving things that makes it much harder. So when you have a sense of entitlement that you deserve something other than what's happening, um, that can maybe motivate you to take action in an effective way, but um, it can also be paralyzing and, and destructive. So people are just the way they are. They're not here for my benefit. They're just here to be themselves, you know. Where do you see our world going here in this next 12 months. I mean, there's just so much happening between politics, religion, yeah. and, yeah. And, it, and again, has it just all come back to just, just being that light, just not playing into the narrative that's... Yes. I mean, as much as possible. I mean, look, we can always work on ourselves. No matter what's going on in the world, it doesn't have to be depressing. It doesn't have to be horrible. Um, you know, that doesn't mean there aren't times we get disappointed, but we, it, it's important not to take it personally, and it's important not to feel entitled. Those, to me, are big obstacles that we all have. Um, and, and it's also important not to believe that my opinions are right. My beliefs and opinions are just that. They're my beliefs and opinions. They're not God's truth. It's like, maybe take everything that we believe a bit less seriously and a bit uh, and and have more of a willingness to realize every belief I have is conditional and relative it's not absolutely true so including religion everything everything, everything. all beliefs all beliefs should be seen as conditional and relative I think um, and when you do that, you open up the possibility for learning something or uh, changing in some way or being more open or being more present or being more real, being more authentic. Because, I mean, ultimately what this process leads to is being authentic, being yourself, being real, being who you actually are, not who you think you're supposed to be, 
which is what an awful lot of us are doing much of the time, um, you quit trying to live up to other people's perceived expectations of you and just be yourself. And that's very freeing and very liberating. So I, I wish I knew what's coming uh, in the next year. I think it's going to be a wild ride, honestly. Um, but I have, you know, I have hope and I have faith that, you know, I, I am a scientist. I was trained to be a research scientist and I believe in science. I believe there's creative people all over the world working madly at trying to find, say, uh, either a cure or a treatment or, of course, uh, vaccines for this current uh, COVID situation that we have. Um, but, and I think something like that will come up in, in the not too distant future, but in the meantime, we are destabilized, and I, I'd like to personally try not to add to the confusion, if I can help it, and, and try to be a force for peace and, and calm and reassurance, because you know, we're not going to make great decisions if we're freaked out. Um, and we don't need to be freaked out. We, maybe we need to change our routines, but we don't need to be terrified and we don't need to be frightened. So. I wish I knew. What do you say to the young generation? Because like you said earlier, we've never been through, none yeah, of us have ever yeah. been through anything like this. And it's yeah. really hard as parents, as yeah. teachers. What, would, what advice do you have for the young generation? I, you know, I, I, I don't mean to in any way present myself as like uh, an oracle here, but it's like I, I, would, I have said and I would say, this too shall pass. I mean, we'll learn a lot from it. It'll it'll change us. It'll be a different world, a different culture, uh, but it can be better. It doesn't have to be worse. It'll be different. Most of us see difference, especially if we didn't choose it as bad. It's not bad. It's just different. So, embracing change is key. And I don't know how things are going to be different. I don't know how it's, but I know it's going to be different. Already is. I don't see what we experience six months ago is probably not coming back, not in the way it was. A lot of it will, but I would look at it as an opportunity, an opportunity for growth and change. And um, I think any massive change like this is, I, I can't say that's the purpose of it, but it is an opportunity for all of us to become more flexible, less entitled, and, and grow spiritually and emotionally. And you know, I, I, it's a, this saying is attributed to Gandhi. I don't remember if it's actually Gandhi or not, but be the change you seek in the world. Yeah. Um, that's what we can do. And certainly we can all turn inward and learn about our own reactivity and our own programming and, um, and learn to be still and quiet and open to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And then that will, that will do wonders. So basically that's, I, I would try to maybe be less wordy, but that's what I would try to say to anybody. Great. Michael, um, religion is something we've, we've touched on a little bit here and there. I'd love to get into a little bit of a deeper discussion if we can. You've talked about the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. several times now, mm -hmm. which, is, which is great. Mm -hmm. That's your belief. Um, and I know what you mean. I mean, it's, 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 it's uh, the greater... Mm -hmm. Source, mm -hmm. right? For yes. lack of a better yes, term. the ground ground of being, right? Um, but one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is, 
you know, I, I have friends that are Jewish. Mm-hmm. I've met some folks in India who, who are Hindu, mm-hmm. um, Buddhists, mm-hmm. um, of course, Christian, mm-hmm. how I grew up, mm-hmm. and, 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 and Muslim. Mm-hmm. You know, none of these religions are right or wrong. They're, right. just, they're just that, right? They're a man-made mm-hmm. religion. Right. But why is there so much divide even over religion? And it has been for thousands and thousands yeah. of years. How do we yeah. look at, I kind of see it as the reality of there's a religion here mm-hmm. in this plane, mm-hmm. but there's a greater good that right. overarches everything. Well, remembering that is the key, that underneath all of these religious traditions uh, is the same truth as far as I'm concerned. Um, I don't mean to trample on the differences between, say, Islam and Christianity and Judaism and Buddhism and Hinduism. These, are, these all have their own cultural roots and linguistic roots and historical roots, and, and they're all wonderful contributions to uh, our traditions. But if you look at the inspiration of the original teacher of, of the Buddha or, or uh, Muhammad or Jesus, you know, I think they were all tapping into the same source. And they all articulated it in their own way, given the culture, given the language. Um, but I think you can tap into that same source right now. I think we all can. It's, it's part of our human nature. So, you know, we, religions are usually a series of beliefs and convictions that you're asked to believe. and mostly about things you can't personally know to be true and and that's that has value that has I'm not I'm not here to tell people what to think or believe but I I think we can discover for ourselves by our own inner work um, the same truths that Jesus revealed and and that Shakyamuni Buddha revealed and um, we're not actually I don't think totally dependent on anybody else telling us or showing us this. Ultimately, we have to figure it out for ourselves, and we have the opportunity to do that. And you know, being taught, being encouraged to, to actually believe that that's possible for you, I think that's valuable. So whether you can get that encouragement from contemporary teachers or from traditional teachers, like the founders of these great religions, it's important to believe that you have the ability right now in you to know the same truth and experience it directly for yourself and and you don't you know you can leave out all the um, the extras maybe uh, unless you just like to that's have a cultural practice say of of, of a religion but um, I you know I, I'm very I, I enjoy any religious tradition when I'm exposed to it I, I, I love them I I'm very comfortable I go to a Bible study every week with a, a local nun and um, and I'm very deeply, been very deeply immersed in Zen Buddhism for forever. And, and now for four or five months, I've been teaching almost completely out of uh, Advaita Vedanta, which is a, a school of Hinduism that uh, it's all, to me, saying the same thing. You know how, what I liken it to? To me, it's like, and I'm like you, I, mm-hmm. I love all the different religions mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. is wonderful, but mm-hmm. to me, it's no different than experiencing culture itself. So yeah. going over to someone's home for an Italian meal mm-hmm. or going, you know, taking a trip to China and right. experiencing that culture, right, right. just 
you know, it's very similar that this is the culture or this is the religion. Respect it. Mm, yeah. Learn from enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah. Why does there have to be the fighting well, and the, this, the bickering and yeah. the uh, mine is mine is right, yours is wrong? Well, it's you just, know, it's not just religion though. Human beings do right. that about everything. Yeah. Republicans and Talk Democrats, politics, Yankees and Mets. Right. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, college football. Right. I mean, where I grew up in the South. I mean, you yeah. know, uh, the first thing people want to know about you is who's your team. Right. And if it's not Alabama, then that's wrong. Yeah. And I, you know, I was like. Same thing it's, in Europe. Who's your soccer team? Who's your soccer right. team? Right. 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 So labels. Again, this is labels. what we do. We divide. We separate. And underneath, there's a unity and a oneness that needs to also be remembered and recognized. That, yeah, it's just what human beings do. They they divide and they separate. They name and then they create separation where it doesn't need to be there. But that's what we do. And so, and we all do it because we're brought up to do it. And Noticing how you do it, noticing how I do it, is 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 worthwhile. So I, and I have to work at this myself also. I mean, there aren't a lot of things that will tra trap me in this way or trigger me, but there's a few. And actually, say college sports is probably one, and political issues is another one. That's about it. I don't see much getting to me at this point, but a few things will. So then I. That's okay. That's something for me to still let go of my convictions and beliefs that I'm right and somebody else is wrong. I mean, we're all just we're ju just here doing the best we can. And you know, one of the many realizations that came from this spontaneous awareness is that everyone is doing the best they can. And and you and I are doing the best we can. And that even when we did things that seem wrong or stupid, we were doing the best we could then. Given what we knew, given our skills and our knowledge and development, our programming and the, the situation at the time, we did the best we could. So this helps you not be so critical of other people mm -hmm. or yourself. You, know, you have to be able to forgive and have compassion for everyone and especially you. Because most of us will be much harder on ourselves than we are on anybody else, and um, yeah, forgiveness and compassion are—you know—it's you, always a good thing. What about gratitude? Well, gratitude, yes, and thank you. That's that's right there also. I mean, if you see things accurately, you're endlessly grateful for everything because even trauma, even sad, even disappointment or or rejection. Because you you know, and I couldn't have said this 25 years ago, but now it seems very obvious to me. Give thanks for everything. Um, and I, I remember reading, maybe a six weeks ago I gave a talk and talked about this um, practice of thanking God for everything all the time, no matter what it is. Thank you, God. I needed that. I appreciate it. No matter what it is, even if it's something that you didn't want, don't like, wish hadn't happened, it's still a gift from God. And if you can literally give thanks, and I, I usually suggest doing it out loud, give thanks for everything that's happened to you, every single thing, um, that is very profound and very liberating. And if it happened, it in some way was meant to happen, as far as I can tell. Um, 
because I know I'm not in charge of this, and uh, give thanks for it. It's, a, it's an incredibly powerful practice. Wow. Yeah. I have never heard it put that way, but yeah. now it takes gratitude to another level for yeah. me. So yeah. thank you, and for our listeners. Yeah, it's not just being grateful for what you wanted that you got. Right. It's being grateful for what you didn't want. That's even more powerful. Um, it's all good. Let it be. Be grateful. Look for what you can learn, how you can let go of fixed beliefs and assumptions that probably really aren't true anyway. Could just limit your freedom and your ability to see reality and to see other people accurately. Uh, so thank you, God. I appreciate everything. I'm so grateful. Yes, gratitude is probably, not, in a way, you can say number one. I can't think of anything more important. But with gratitude goes forgiveness and, and compassion mm -hmm. and generosity, you know. It's all tied in. Mm -hmm. It's all tied in. They all go together. Um, any meaning to your retirement on Halloween? <laughs> uh, that's funny. I don't, you know, I felt like, I didn't, I, I, I can't say that it was. It just was a time of the year that I was, I was um, wanting to stop. Uh, I don't know. Beyond that, I can't say. I, I felt like maybe I should wear a costume that day, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it stuck out to me because it was in your bio, and, and yeah. my birthday's actually on Halloween, yeah. so it, it yeah. had some meaning. Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Um, wow, this is this is just a great conversation. I, I, I cannot wait to dive into this book and for others to do the same. Um, what's your mission now that you're, you're in retirement? It, it feels like... Um very much the way it's been for almost 20 years to do the will of God in the world. I'm, you know, and when I said I'm an instrument of your will, use me, I meant that. And I think that's happened. I think I've been guided and I've been of use to the Holy Spirit and I want to continue to be as long as I'm here. Otherwise, I don't see any particular reason for me to be here. It's like, but I, you know, I'm still here. So there's a purpose and that purpose is is not my purpose, it's God's purpose. And um, I'm grateful to be alive and to be participating and to be contributing in whatever way I can. And I know that probably doesn't answer your question directly, but it's, it's an, the answer is moment to moment, I believe what I'm meant to be doing will be revealed to me, and I trust that totally. And um, that's great, I'm happy, that's wonderful. And I have a feeling that you believe uh, wholeheartedly that death is not death. Yeah, death is, uh, first off I have to say I don't really know what happens when we die, but I can, I also feel there's nothing to be afraid of. I see death as, uh, especially when you're old and uh, your body's worn out, I think it can be seen, it's an accomplishment to die. I know that probably sounds odd, but it's not easy to die. Because uh, I and I've been, you know, I worked for 15 years as a consultant to our local oncology program, and worked in hospice, and uh, and very meaningfully for me, I was present with my mother, you know, right before she died, and I could, see, you know, she was ready to go. This was about five years ago. Uh, her body was worn out. She had had a stroke. She was in a rehab facility, and she wasn't going to recover. And she was 92 years old. It was the right thing, you know. There's a time and a place where death is next and it's, it, it, 
it can be seen as a welcome relief. Your work here is done. You've accomplished what you needed to accomplish. Now it's time to let go and be free of this worn out body. Uh, obviously, it's harder to see that maybe when a younger person dies or a child, but um, most of us are going to die of old age one way or another. And when that happens, it's the right thing. It's what's next and it's good. There's nothing to either fear or oppose. Um, I think when it's your time, welcome it. It's what's next. Do you feel that we are all part of life? We are, we are all one. Mm -hmm. I, we, to me, we are. Um, and by life, I not only mean human life, I mean, you know, in Buddhism, there's a cont uh, idea of sentient beings. All sentient beings um, deserve the same thing we do. They deserve the opportunity to live their life and to be protected as much as possible and to not be harmed. Uh, not that that's easy to do. If I have a wasp in my house, I try to kill it. But, you know, it's just, or get it out one way or another. If I, if I have to, I'll kill it. But I try to get out the window. But So we do what we can to realize not only our oneness with all humans, but all sentient beings and even, um, you know, rocks and everything. I mean, when you s stop seeing yourself as the center of the universe, then, you know, life is, is um, we're, we're part of life. And it's it's endless. Yeah, it's all good. Well, I'm you know deeply grateful to have this discussion because it's not you know a lot of people think about these type of things, but we don't normally talk mm. about it. Maybe you do, but I, you know I don't talk about it day to day. Yeah. So yeah. It's, I think it's important to have the discussion and to bring the awareness and give people something to really think about. I know it's something I think about a lot. Oh, wonderful. I'm glad. I mean, that's why I'm here. It's all I know to do, and it's what I can do, what I have to offer. So I'm glad it's received and welcomed and I appreciate the opportunity to come and talk with you and um, I hope it can continue in some way. Absolutely. Yeah. So before I let you go, uh, just a couple of last questions that I like to ask every mm -hmm. guest and get their response. If you were to take out your cell phone right now mm -hmm. and call the 20 year old Michael, <laughs> what would you tell him? <laughs> Don't worry so much. Um, don't be so worried about what you do or don't do uh, and have more fun. Enjoy your life and be kind to other people. Um, yeah, I, I would say 20 I was I was fairly lonely and um, I worked very hard but I, I, I wasn't happy and I didn't realize how loved and safe and secure I was. And I try to remember that. Awesome. How could we help more people on a daily basis? I just made me think of something. So, uh, you know, I, I heard a quote, and, and I'd like to talk about this once in a while. It's help one person a day or help as many people as you can a day. The, you know, the way we can all be most helpful is to lose interest in our own mind, our own beliefs, our own assumptions, and be open and present to what's in front of us. And then when you do that, endless opportunities show up to be of assistance to other people. And this happens to me all day, every day. 
if I'm, and I'll be standing in the checkout line in a grocery store and the, if you really are there, if you're really present, you, you might notice the checkout person is hassled and, you know, having a hard day. And so you, maybe you say something to them that gives them a sense of being seen because most people might re just relate to them as if they're a machine or something. So this happens all the time. And when you're really actually open and present, people somehow notice that, at least unconsciously, and will reach out to you in one way or another. And then when there's no agenda and there's no um, resistance, then you just respond freely and spontaneously. And it, it's like freedom for everybody and, and joy and enjoyment. So you'd be a force for good in the world by not even trying to be, but just being open and present, then life uses you in the way it needs you. Wow. If people want to reach you, mm -hmm. what's the best way to reach out to you and how do we get your book? Well, the book's on Amazon, Michael Hall, PhD, uh, Awaken Alive. Um, it's easiest to get it that way. Um, and I made the price of the ebook 99 cents. So <laughs> I learned early on Amazon let me uh, market it. And I, so I gave it away, but then they only let you do one free giveaway every six months or something. So, so then I just reduced the price. I think originally it was 9.95. I reduced it to 99 cents, which is the lowest Amazon would let me. And, but I want it to be available to anybody in the world who can, you know, who has an interest in this. So, and the paperbacks, of course, on Amazon, but um, they can reach me at perceptionisall@gmail.com. That's uh, my email, or it's very easy to reach me on Facebook. I have both a professional page, uh, Michael Hall PhD, where I stream live daily meditations and weekly talks, uh, and my personal Facebook page. Um, those are the easiest ways to get hold of me. Great, and we'll put the links in the show notes. So yeah, people they, and my, my website, drmichaelhall.com, that's mainly uh, linking to these other pages, but um, those are the easiest ways. Fantastic. And one last question before I let you go, and that is, at the end of the day, what do you want, what kind of mark do you want to leave on this earth? What do you want your legacy to be? Oh, uh, you know, um, he did the best he could. <laughs> he was a child of God and he did the best he could. That's awesome. it. Yeah. Awesome. I don't have any grandiose uh, needs. I just, I want to be a good person and, uh, and have people remember me that way. Dr. Michael Hall, welcome to the American Real family. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for the in-depth conversation. Yeah. And I cannot wait to continue to follow you and your career. Well, thank you. Thank you, Roger. I really appreciate it and I enjoyed it. It's really, this is really all I really want to talk about. So I'm glad you were interested. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for tuning into American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one -on -one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we could help. 
you can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.